Hey there, this is Ross Gosnell on the campus of Huntington University. You're listening to Rooted, an in-depth conversation with interesting people and topics that matter to the Forrester family. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. You can find us by searching Forrester Radio Rooted. Today I'm joined by Isaac Barber. Isaac Barber, thanks for joining me. Isaac, your first question is, what is your name and what position do you what do you do here on campus? So my name is Isaac Barber. Um, I am the Associate Dean of Student Engagement here at Huntington University, which kind of means a lot of different things. Like you said, I'm in charge of forester orientation. I'm also in charge of, like you said, student success. One of the big things that I'm in charge of is just making sure students feel like they're successful. And if they are not successful, we just ask a lot of questions to see what we can do to make sure we resource students and make sure students feel like they're successful. Whether that's inside the classroom or outside the classroom, our big goal is literally to make sure students are successful. So my next question to you is, what made you decide to take this position here at Huntington University? Uh, I think at the time we were just looking for something different. We were looking for different jobs. I came here during the COVID summer. And so in 2020, uh, we were just looking for something new and Huntington was hiring at the time. And that's something that we basically just jumped into in terms of looking for something fresh, looking for something new out of COVID, but also looking for something that we were passionate about. And so I had to find something different. My wife also teaches. And so when we you know, looked for different opportunities. We were basically looking for opportunities in which we were able to work at a healthy school, but also work in a space in which we can raise kids at. And so our son was born that summer, and so we were just looking for something sustainable. We were also looking for something that we can both be passionate about. That sounds like you have great passion here to be on campus. Mm-hmm. So what leadership position do you currently hold here on campus? And so, yeah, I'm the Associate Dean of Student Engagement here. I run new student orientation. We also are in charge of a few different committees in terms of like our office. We're in charge of a few different committees like the behavior assessment team, um, committee of student success. Um, We also work with a lot of the other other directors within student life to oversee like student leader training and uh, and those opportunities. What made you decide to be in that position. Just okay, so you want me to answer the first part or the second? Oh, the second part. So, yeah, I think, again, when I was a student in college, one of the hard things for me was being motivated to go to classes or anything like that because I was a football player in college. And so one of the big things for me when I chose my college that I was going to is making sure that at least I had the opportunity to make sure I was staying eligible. That was my big thing. Um, I wasn't necessarily crazy about school um, I wasn't, it wasn't something that I really cared about that much. I just really wanted to just play football. And so I just had classes. I got to the end of basically my general education requirements, and it was just like, okay, my classes started to be a little tougher. Uh, but I had passed the classes that I probably weren't supposed to pass, but because I was a decent writer and um, I was good at math, like I just passed through those classes. And so I didn't really have a student success personnel per se, during my own undergraduate experience. Um, I just had different advocates on campus and people who were willing to advocate for me, but also people who were willing to help develop a lot of the bad habits that I did have when I was in college. And so for me, it was pretty easy because um, I just had so many people that were willing to invest in me when I was in college, and I just wanted to give that to someone else. And so when I found out they had an entire job for a person like that, it was absolutely easy for me to kind of jump at the bit in terms of uh, pursuing uh, pursuing that opportunity. 
but also just being someone that students can feel safe and students can feel comfortable around. How did you get that position here at Huntington University? It was a little, um, Arthur Wilson, he's kind of set that up. He was the former vice president of spiritual formation and intercultural enrichment at Huntington. And so um, he kind of set me up with that. And we, you know, met through a different opportunity. And, you know, he just kind of recommended it to me and let me know that that was something that he felt that I can have a strength in. And like I said, at the time, I didn't even know that was an opportunity that would be available. And so when he first introduced it to me, I met with Danny Psalms and it was completely strange because I was doing the interview for Huntington I never stepped on campus and so I don't even think the people that I met at the time I don't even think they had been on campus at that point because I don't I think Huntington had been closed uh, through the entire summer in fact that even when I came back to campus my first day was August 10th 2020 it was kind of strange that I remember exactly what it was is that like when I came to campus, I think people had only been on campus for a few weeks at that point. Even so that during that summer, my office was in the admissions office and uh, I don't even know if the entire admissions team was there for a full two weeks. And so that's how fresh like people seeing each other on campus that year was. And I did the entire interview process completely virtual. And one of the things that people don't know is that um, when I accepted the job, or around the time where I accepted the job, actually drove from Kansas City to Huntington to visit the campus and legitimately there was no one on campus. I think there are a few people on campus and they had no idea who I was and so I just assumed that they just saw like a random person just walking around <laughs> campus as if uh, they were just getting their, you know, just regular day out. And so um, that was one of the experiences that was super interesting to me. Um, and even going through that entire experience of like, basically buying a house sight unseen is that like I did that interview completely virtually even when I did the interview another thing people don't know about me is that even when I did the interview it was in the middle of work day for us and we're being my wife we're both working virtually and like I mentioned she was pregnant at the time but um, July 10th is my son's birthday but my wife went into labor on July 9th the day that I did the interview at Huntington University and so she was just walking around the house you know, she was just getting minor cramps from being pregnant and stuff like that. And then she realized, like, that night that, like, oh, no, we're going into labor. And so uh, basically did that interview. And a few hours later, after the interview was over, we basically admitted my wife into the hospital because uh, she was going to labor and rehab her baby. How has your faith impacted your leadership style here? Um, I think it's pretty holistic. And so uh, there's a book that I read, and it was basically, like, the discipleship um like the discipleship of the great commission of discipleship or something like that but it basically takes what jesus calls as discipleship and what he called as a great commission in terms of and like merged them into two concepts of basically of what he's calling his disciples to do and the great commission that he's basically asking us to do a lot of the same things and it touches every part of our life and so even when I work with students, it's about trust, it's about um, building the relationships with students, and it's about making sure that they know that they're cared for, whether or not they feel like they're in crises, or whether or not they feel like um, they're in this super positive space. Like, we still have to communicate to students that they can trust someone, and that they're loved, and that they're being cared for, regardless of what they're going through, or regardless of how bad of a day that I'm having. Um, students just need to feel like 
you know, that exists and part of like the Great Commission specifically is showing that you care for people and showing that that people are loved because that's what Christ calls us to do ultimately. And through that space, that's created that you can actually now talk to people about Christ or show people Christ through those acts of service and you can actually build disciples through those acts of service um, because if you can't show that you care for someone or you can't show that you love someone um, it's really hard to show them the love of Christ and so um, that's a big way how it impacts our work here is that um, it's not just about how often someone goes to church or it's not just about like how well someone does in class it's about God literally calls us to love on people to serve people and that's what we do in this office. We want to love people. We want to serve people. And even as it pertains to uh, force orientation, is that we want to make sure above all else that we communicate that as students come here and engage in their experience, that they actually feel cared for. And then once we move past the you feeling cared for, you feeling loved, um, now let's have conversations about how God wants you to interact with the world, whether that be through major, whether that be through vocation, um, whether it be through like what a person wants to do, like how do you actually want to interact with the world? And those are some of the things that we try to accomplish through this office. During your time here at HU, what behind-the-scenes stuff do you do when it comes to like forester orientation mm-hmm. and also here at Student Life? There are, there are a lot of meetings that we have, I guess, that people don't see. Um, because like if there's anything that's developing behind the scenes that um, impacts how we may advise a student, um, we have to be kind of up to date with some of those things. Um, a big part of one of the behind the scenes things that we do is we want to make sure that parents and families are up to date with a lot of things that are going on. So a lot of things the students don't know that our office do being the student engagement office is that um, we do a lot of parent engagements. And so we invite parents to come back to campus all the time. And we have a parent social media page and we also have a From the Forest family newsletter that we send out about once a month. Those are some of the things that we do that students don't necessarily know that we do because it's something from our strategy that helps students be more successful. If families know kind of the things that we have going on on campus or if families know these are some things that may impact the student's transition, then that helps the student transition more, especially when they feel like they can trust our department, right? Um, If a student's struggling in classes and a student doesn't know what to do, then the family member, whether it be a parent, grandparent, or whatever, they can transition the student and let a family know, just like, hey, have you talked to Isaac? Have you talked to the student engagement office? And again, like, we have to make sure that we're up to date with the different things that are changing across campus. And so we have those meetings across campus that say, like, financial aid just let us know that the FAFSA dates now change to January. And so they let us know that by way of the parent newsletter because we didn't know that the FAFSA date was changing. And so now we get to communicate with different families. We get to communicate with students that this is a major part of your school year and this greatly impacts the way that you are funded and able to go to school here. And so that allows us to, again, let parents know, let students know, and that's one of those things that is like interwoven within the work that we do. Can you take us uh, like a little bit more in detail, like behind the scenes of Forrester orientation, like what it's like when you're on stage? And... Oh man, yeah. So that time is okay. So that time is actually super crazy. And so one of the f- fun things is is that our student staff is awesome, right? Our student staff kind of allows us to be as 
flexible as we can be for that weekend because there are just so many things that change throughout that weekend and it's pretty people dependent like if someone were to get sick then we have to make a different adjustments or if something were to break or something were to be unavailable that changes a lot of different things and so our student staff especially our mentors change a lot of that and then we also work a lot with other departments and so I would even say that about what people see in orientation only about 50% is what we're in charge of. The other 50% relies on completely on different partnerships, right? And so we look at the Friesen Center, for example, and the work that they do out the school year, but the Friesen Center holds a massive peach of orientation, which is our plunge, right? Our Friesen Center team completely maps out the plunge from, uh, from service projects to the evaluation of it to equipping students and groups with the proper equipment to run those service projects and so and that's something that people don't necessarily look like they make it seem like uh i sit in an office and i completely print out orientation and then i just pick up some strangers to host the alpha group but it's a full year kind of project like right now we're currently working on next year's new student orientation which is kind of wild to think about and so the students um really plan a lot of that like this past year like just just daphne um, Sarah and Brielle really planned a crux of what happened during orientation. And so once we get to the actual orientation, like once we're past the hiring, once we're past the registration days in summer, those that's really when a lot of the literal legwork goes in. And so you may see me on stage at one moment. Um, you may see me on stage at one moment during the freshman orientation, introducing the speaker, giving the announcement for the next couple hours or the announcement for the rest of the day and then quite literally I will leave that stage and then I would walk down to the transfer orientation give them a completely different instruction get them some get them going with something else and then I will walk into the admissions office where the office support staff is and just like okay are our materials ready for the next session let's make sure we set out our materials for the next session and then walk back to the freshman walk back to the freshman seminar give those students a break and as we're giving those students a break letting them know that the stuff that we just set out 15 minutes ago is available for them to pick up whether it be a water bottle whether it be handouts for the next session and different things like that get ready to introduce the next speaker go and run you know a 30-minute session for the transfers in that session go back upstairs and dismiss the, the next group while the support staff is making sure everything is done for the rest of the day. And so it's a wild, wild time during orientation. But again, if the student staff, they weren't as great as they were, then a lot of the things that we need to work on, they completely fall apart. Because like we, I trust them a lot to make sure that they do their part to know that, okay, we're getting ready to walk away. We're getting ready to start the next freshman seminar session. I need to go give a presentation for the transfers. I don't feel like I have to worry about anything because they get everything taken care of, right? And then it's just, it's just on for the next thing to be the next thing, right? Making sure our workshops are being run efficiently, making sure that if anyone has questions, that everyone on our staff has every answer to the question. So if I'm not available, they're able to answer some of those questions. And 
again, that's one of the fun things about it is that it's pretty high paced, especially in new student orientation, but it's super life given knowing that like everything that we do for new student orientation has a purpose and everyone is basically on board for what we're doing with new student orientation. And if there's something that needs to be fixed or if there's something that needs to be changed, that we're making an effort on our end to make sure that's fixed and to make sure that's changed. I know this is like, like the challenges basically, mm-hmm. it can be good or bad. So my question to you is, what challenges have you faced in your job, and how did you, like, overcome it? Yeah, I think, um, especially starting off, is that one of the things that usually happens is there are challenges when you move to a new place. And so, like, Fort Wayne, especially growing up, um, it was one of those places that, like, if you live in Chicago, like, you don't want to move to Fort Wayne, right? Like, Fort Wayne was one of those places that, like, people were just, like, clamoring to move to when I was younger. And so... Um, basically when I moved to Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne was in like a different development plan for the city. And so a lot of the preconceptions that I had of Fort Wayne changed. And a lot of the preconceived notions that I had of like Huntington, Indiana changed. But it's also like natural to when you move in a new place is like, like you transition as a person and we transition as a family also because when we moved to Indiana, literally our son wasn't even a full month old yet. And so uh, we talk about my son was born on August. Um, my son was born July 10th. Um, like my first day, the first when I first moved to Huntington, it was August 8th, right? It was a Saturday, and then I like toured the city for a little bit, and then I started working literally on his one month birthday, right? And so like my family had even been gone for a full month before I came not came to Fort Wayne, and so it was a lot of like learning, not just like Huntington, learning Fort Wayne, but it was also learning like, okay, like we have new rules as a family. And since then we have two kids now and like our family looks completely different than it did when we moved here to now. And even Huntington looks completely different in the last four years because now we're dealing with our fourth basically installation, for lack of better terms, of college students. And so um, like when I first got here, those students, the first year students, they hadn't been in a traditional classroom setting since February of that year. And now we have students who are basically four years removed from now, but like they present different challenges then than now. And so it's a lot it's a lot of different things, but for us it's just about just being able to adjust and just being able to adapt. Um, my number one strength on the strengths finder is adaptability. And so a lot of the changes, like we welcome a lot of changes. We welcome a lot of challenges. And even one of the things that I challenge my student workers um, and our student leaders to know is just like, are you willing to accept the challenge? Are you willing to accept some change? Because orientation is always going to come with a change. Um, we do a year planning for orientation, and something always goes awire, something always goes wrong. But if we know the information, then we can adjust, and we can adjust on the fly. And so um, one of the biggest challenges is literally just being in a new place, learning the new rules, um, and just being willing to... Uh, being willing to engage in those challenges um so i don't know if there's something that's been like one thing that's been a bigger challenge than, a, than another but it's more like our attitude is always to just like be willing to embrace those changes whenever whenever they come so i guess that's why it doesn't feel like there's been something that's been bigger than another because like we legitimately walk and work in this space in which um we, we want to accept those challenges my last question to you is, I know this is probably the most exciting question of all time uh. for you. What do you encourage the community and current stu- students to do after they get done with their degree here at HU? Yeah, don't be afraid to have fun. Because I think a lot of times like we get into the space in which 
like we work so hard, work so, so hard for something. And then it's like, all right, we got to move on to this phase in adulthood. And uh, we look at college as like the most fun time that we've had in our lives. And now it has to stop there. But you legitimately don't have to stop there. Like you basically, when you graduate, you still get to make the rules for yourself and how you want to engage. Um, like a lot of people, like they lose sight of that. And they lose sight that, like, God designed them to be people. God designed them to be, you know, with certain attitudes and certain minds. And it's our choice on whether or not we choose to embrace that. But at that same time, is that, like, God also designed us to enjoy life and enjoy his creation and different things like that. And I think that's a piece that we don't necessarily get to acknowledge as much is that God doesn't want us to actually have fun. God doesn't want us to like enjoy this life that he's given us. And so um, that's one of my biggest encouragements is like figure out different ways to have fun and enjoy fun and enjoy life. Um, And like a lot of that does start in college because like the rules change in terms of like what's appropriately fun for an adult to do. But it's just like, we just take life just so serious. It's like, Life is naturally giving us all these pressures, but let's have fun, man. Let's let's go. Let's get after it. Let's do some fun. Let's do something that is different. Let's travel. Let's eat and all those things. And that's probably one of the big things I encourage people to do. Thank you, Isaac Barber, for joining me on this episode of Rooted, and thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to Rooted on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, you can listen to Forrester Radio over the air in Huntington on. 105.5 WQHU or stream us anytime, anywhere on ForresterRadio.com. Stay rooted.